Well, welcome back to another Common Man, but I've got to be honest with you today. I'm going to give you the heads up right from the get-go. Today is going to sound a little different. Instead of the tasty trio that is the Common Men, we will be one man down today. Now, who is going to be the one who is with us? Who is absent from Common Man HQ? I'm going to let you work it out by asking my co-host by asking my co-host for today to say g'day. G'day, guys. Hey, yes, it is, Friendy. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Friendy. It is me, and uh, it does feel a bit different. It's uh, it's almost like we're half dressed, uh, horse. <laughs> you know, um, is one way to put it. I'll uh, I bags the bottom half. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Look, I, I suppose this is the the new way of doing things a little bit. We are, we want to be a bit more constant with the recording. So if uh, one of us is unavailable at that point in time, then we're just going to let the show roll on as is. Uh, so unfortunately, Forty is preoccupied today and can't make us. Doesn't mean he hasn't chipped something in for a little later, as you would expect, of course, from Forty. But it's just the two of us. So, hey, West Coast had a win. How'd that make you feel on hey. the weekend? <laughs> I, I'll be I'll be totally honest and transparent with you here, horse. I had sort of stopped watching West Coast, particularly after the Fremantle demolition. Oh yeah, um, and painful. so I, I thought I thought I don't want to watch them play the Bulldogs. Bulldogs will be hungry because they got the finals to play for. Anyway, I get all these text messages inundated with uh, what, what happened with the Eagles, thinking we lost by another hundred or whatever. Then I checked the score and we won the game, <laughs> and then I was torn because I'm like, we've just dropped. Uh, Harley Reid, yeah. what have we done here? Well, <laughs> I mean, the news coming out of Western Australia in the last week was you probably didn't want Harley Reid anyway. So yep. now you've had that really taken out of your hands unless we've got another couple of upsets in the last round. Well, look, I, th- I wouldn't put it past North to get next week in Tassie against Gold yeah. Coast. I wouldn't yeah, be no, surprised by that, but... I wouldn't be surprised either if West Coast try and trade for more picks because I know that the WA crew, the gun WA kids, are sort of that pick five, six area. <laughs> so whether they try and, you know, trade pick two or pick one, whatever it's going to be, for some uh, some other picks, it's, you know, we'll see what's happening. But there's a lot going on down at West Coast. Is, is Simpson safe? I heard not. Eddie McGuire was saying that, no, they're about to announce they came to an agreement on Saturday. And uh, we expect, even though they had a win on Sunday, that Adam Simpson will announce that they're going to part ways at the end of this season. And he'll say goodbye at the same time as three premiership stars on the weekend. Yeah, I don't know what to read into that because I, I was reading um, a statement from West Coast saying that no decision on any staff member will be decided until after the season. So... And, and that only just came out recently. So I don't know mm. if Eddie's source is correct, but this came straight from uh, a West Coast Eagles statement. So um, I, I think the weekend surprised them. And now they're thinking, well, hang on, mate. Like, I think they're arming and arming. I don't think they've got a definitive answer yet. So well, time will tell. Time will tell indeed. And hey, you know, we've probably just lost uh, 10 of our 12 listeners speaking uh, about West Coast for the last two minutes. So 
We've got some other exciting we topics up, we, today. We bring up the cats, though, horse. Are we no, we're the not. Cats we're moving the... on from the football. Right. Need, okay. Okay. We okay. need to get started because <laughs> we need to hop straight into the hottest news segment of the show. Came with a lot of feedback, especially the, uh, your intro for this one. So, I think it's time for Friendy's Five. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, 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 fünf. Friend is five. Yeah. Friend is five. Uh, friend is five. Haha. <laughs> yes, well, uh, look, this is the hottest new segment going around. <laughs> and um, there was some controversy and I got some feedback from my last uh, top fives. Mm. Um, some some people thought that uh, I got it wrong. Some some thought it was it was okay, but uh, nonetheless it got people talking horse. It and did. so this this week, uh, my top five, and again, I, I guess I've tried to put this in as as best order as possible, but it is hard. But this week's top five is the top five umpiring blunders, and uh, the reason why that I'm is, going down is yes, yes, is, hit is me. I think I might know. There's a controversial decision made on the on the weekend just gone where basically this goal umpire, oh, you know, we all make mistakes, but maybe <laughs> has cost Adelaide a final spot horse. And look, and this is where we can mention it also completely shut the door on Geelong because if Adelaide had kicked that goal, <laughs> yeah, that's true. it would have been slightly open for us as well still. Uh, and it cemented yeah. Sydney's spot. It did. It did. Like a, it's it's actually unbelievable. So look, this triggered my uh, my thought of oh, you know I wonder what the top five uh, well not AFL but top five umpiring blunders in the world of sport um, is is out there. And so I was going through a fair few of them. And it's so, been a few over the journey, hasn't there? Oh, and I think this comes. I mean, you look nowadays. There's less of it, I think, because of the technology, which. Yep. makes the weekend's decision even worse because why wouldn't you throw to the technology when it's there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, too, I don't like the fact that we can see the replay. They've made a mistake and you can't overturn it. Yeah. So I don't know whether they're going to fix it. Anyway, as we dive into this week's top five, I'm going to start off with AFL, uh, coming in at number five, with uh, yep. you might rem- you might remember this one horse from 1999, Fremantle versus St Kilda, where the umpire... Peter Carey decided to mark the ball. He did. He uh, he marked the ball on the on the wing. If I'm not wrong, is that right? Correct. Correct. Yes. He and just... he wasn't sure what, what to do at the time, so he yeah. just went, "All right, ball up." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Side side note. Just as we were recording, you might have seen the lights go off. The, I did. The, I did. The power just went off in the house for a minute. I was. That's why my reaction for Peter Carey's mark was quite quiet because I was like, what is going on here? Anyway, we're back on board. So I should have had a bigger, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Friendy without 40 there, like the other yes. person really has to be like, Whoa. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know, I know, I know. That's right. That's right. I might so have maybe to we need some 40 some stuff yeah. backwards. Yep. Yes. Ford effects. Yeah, I love I like it. That. Yeah. Um, but that was I, 1999. I, I do I don't remember think it was that. that. I don't think it was, I don't recall it being that long ago, but 99 is a long time ago. Well, it had to be, Long ago that people were watching the footy show when he appeared on it the following week. Yes. Because, yes. yeah, I think it was at its peak as well around that, that time, mid to late 90s, when Peter Carey came out and um, 
40 actually reminded me of how uh, one of the guys on the panel that night threw the uh, the ball to him to see if he did catch it, and he ducked and yeah. it went over his head. That's right. <laughs> he was ready. He was prepared. It's, uh, it's so, so anyway, weird. Pete, so weird. Peter yeah. Carey, number five. Uh, coming in at number four. Um, look, in today's game, I, I think he, I think Shane Ward would go down as a century maker. Uh, he yes. got out on 99 uh, against New Zealand, going for his uh, his first century ever and would have been his only. And he was caught off a no ball. Mm. Now, Daniel yes. Vittori, he was involved, was he? Yes, he, and he was bowling. I'm going to assume he was bowling, but I'd have to fact check that. Can confirm for Tory Bowling, Richardson caught on the boundary. Um, Overstepped the mark. But look, the no ball situation before technology came in. I mean, to give the umpire some credit here, like that's a tough gig to look down at the foot and then to also look up and see what's going on. Big down gig. and up. It is. It's a big gig. Um, I struggle to look down and up in a hurry on the best of days, let alone <laughs> for like hundreds of times in a day. But I, but I still think when someone's at 99, they, they're trying to get a century, you've got to be on the ball. And um, yep. so that's why this this umpire, uh, who will remain nameless because I'm not sure who it was, uh, is in <laughs> right the top research. five. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we know it's New um, Zealand. We're not quite sure if the Tory correct, bowled it or not. Correct. We don't know the umpire's name, but it happened in a match of cricket. That we can confirm. And it was all about warning, let's be honest. Anyway, yeah. coming coming in at number three, uh, some would say this is the greatest footballer slash soccer player of all time, Diego Maradona. Mm. Uh, and in the 1986 World Cup against England, they call it the hand of God because he scored a goal and he basically handballed it into the goals. Do you remember this? Uh, look, I was three at the time. <laughs> and soccer was not that big in Australia. But I obviously have heard of it since then. And uh, yes, I'd, I know of it from hearing about it on in other podcasts and documentaries and the likes. Um, sort of cemented him as the god of football for his country at that time as well. Is Correct. that right? Yeah. And, and look, we'll, I think, we'll um, you know... I think because he was he was almost seen as almost like a god type figure. Hmm. Uh, imagine the umpire having to overturn that. Like I think the easiest thing for him to do is go. You know what? It might have been a handball, but hmm. let's go on. And again, technology played a big factor. They didn't have the uh, what do they call it? The VAR, uh, VAR, whatever it is. Um, well, they pin everyone for you know offside and oh the slightest. Yeah. Um, I wish I knew more about. Soccer, but it's I only get interested when Australia are playing, which we'll okay. talk about so, later. So we've got so we've got Peter Carey, Warney, yes, and Maradona, yes. But, which coincidentally, you were telling me are the three people that you'd invite to the dinner party. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That'd be I reckon I reckon Peter Carey would be a good vibe. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's vibe. move on. <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> The second one, uh, oh, let's go to let's turn our attention to the NBA. Uh, yes, now, if let's. You remember oh, early two thousands, Sacramento versus the Lakers. Uh, very I controversial do. umpire and or referee by the name of Tim Donahue. Uh, basically, 
I mean, if we want to read into this, basically he's gone, Lakers are going to be better to watch. You get more money for the Lakers. Let's call some controversial calls and make Kings lose. And um, yeah, well, kind of succeeded. I think, I don't know if the story goes along the lines that the NBA wanted the Lakers to win as well. Like the, the yeah. match, the match fixing directive. Um, Cause he went to jail for match fixing as an NBA ref, but uh, said that it, it went much more deeper than him. So I think as far as umpiring mistakes go, that is like the whole game was an umpiring mistake. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I, I just think like they always talk now, even in the NBA about, um, you know, they're trying to script the playoffs. Like obviously last year, they were trying to really get the Lakers through. And when they ended up with Denver and Miami in the finals, like, like they don't get many viewers from it. Whereas yeah. if it was a Lakers versus yeah. Celtics playoffs, you know, triple the audience. So um, I kind of get it, but it's still wrong and it's still oh, dodgy of course and it's it wrong. shouldn't happen. Um, yep. So anyway. Wolf, wolf. That's right. <laughs> and then the fifth one that uh, makes the top five here, we're going back to the AFL. And again, fun fact, Fremantle versus St. Kilda again. Known as Siren Gate. Siren Gate. Yes. Where the siren had gone and then they kept the the, the play playing. St. Kilda kick a goal or a point. point. I don't know what it was. Yeah, they point, kicked a yeah. point. To to win, but it was after the no, siren. To, they kicked a point to draw. Oh, it was a draw. See, they were down by a, they were down by a point. The siren went. They continued play for another 10 That's seconds. Right. They kicked a point. That's right. And then they called the end of the game and it was a draw at that point in time. But clearly they got the point after the siren went. And then, because, uh, yeah, that's right, because they were going to get two points each for the draw. Yep. And then they've, and then they've overturned they've overturned that uh, decision like four yes. days later, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was four days with the AFL commission. Uh, yep. yep. And so people were trying to uh, suggest, hey, there was no scores after what happened on Saturday night. So maybe you should have just counted it as a goal. But of course, the thing is there was 70 seconds left on the clock. So it goes back to the middle of the ground and the butterfly effect. Who knows what would have happened in that preceding yeah. 70 seconds. Yeah. At least in this case, the final siren had gone and they could say, no, these were actually the scores when the final siren sounded. Yes. Yep. 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 Exactly. Yep. So, well, there you go, little horse. Do you have any AFL blunders or, or oh, other look, sporting blunders that you, you knew of? Oh, look, I'm still salty from 1997 when Lee Colbert clearly marked the ball and it was not <laughs> counted as a mark in it. Do you know the, Do you know about this one? Well, all I know is he did, was, did he leave after that season to go to North Melbourne or was it a couple of years after that? No, yep. uh, maybe one more year after that, actually, okay. 99. Okay. Yep. He would, yeah. So that was a that was in a, a semi final in Adelaide. That was after we'd had to play North Melbourne, the Kings of uh, the MCG night football, and reigning premiers in the yep. first yep. week's finals when we were second on the ladder. Then we had to go over to Adelaide and play them at their home ground. Yeah, and lost that one when uh, Colbert could have kicked the goal to put us up by eight points deep in the last quarter and uh, not counted as a mark. Yeah, so that one stayed with me. That was that was really bad. I suppose another umpiring mistake that 
it didn't happen during the match, but it was certainly a mistake that a, an umpire made. And uh, that was last year with a cheeky little text of the Brownlow votes scenario. Yeah. You know how the umpire let his mates know who he'd voted for, who'd put oh, his three votes down in the Brownlow? No. When, when, what? How did I miss this? How did you miss this? Guy, <laughs> I don't The guy's been Mate, stood down. He Police investigation. Oh, what? it's now ringing bells. Look, AFL hasn't been at the top of my priorities the last couple of years for obvious <laughs> reasons, Horse. So I've missed a fair bit. Um, but, but I was just thinking about that is, yeah, that's not that's not on at all. Yeah, no. Um, but you guys have had some rough semifinals, haven't you? Like this wasn't an AFL blunder, but oh, Nick, Nick, you're going to bring up Nick, Nick Davis. Davis. Yeah. Nick Davis turned it on in the 05 semifinal uh, in the last quarter. Um, that You just jogged my memory on that one. I'm yeah. sure there was probably yep, a controversial thanks. call in there somewhere, but anyway. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> 2014, we went down to North Melbourne when we uh, should have probably beaten them in that one as well. And uh, that was actually a goal was reversed. A Lincoln McCarthy snap was touched. Uh, they watched it on the ad break and decided, no, it's a point, not a goal. So... There's the actual technology being used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the air, yeah, no. Anyway, thanks for bringing those ones up as well to finish. No, 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 you're welcome. It's rub the salt in the wound. Uh, are we going to, if you were going to say the number one out of all of those, though, what's going to be number one? Uh, oh, look, I think um, the Diego Maradona had a goal in a World Cup. Yeah, I um, think so. You know, world stage, you can't you can't make an error like that. Um which, when you look back at the replays, blatant handball. Um, yeah, I think that goes down as number one. Yep. And I think the thing with Warnies was it was it was like years after that they showed the footage that it was no Correct. Ball. So Correct. there was not the uproar at the time. There was no... Yep. Yep. Like, the, big, the, the ones that really stand out, it was obvious it was a mistake at the time and people were up in arms about it. Correct. So I think that's where we've got to go. Into, yeah. I, I think so. And I just wanted to put Warnie in there because I'm going to try and make it that Warnie makes every top five that I have um, just out of respect. Love it. I love it. <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. Another absolutely smashing Friendies five. What will he come up with next? We'll just have to wait and see. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, 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 fünf. Friend is five. Yeah. Friend is five. Uh, friend is five. Ha <laughs> ha. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you the common man footballer of the year. But we're going to move now across to just a little update on our TCM footballer of the year. The uh, The feedback has been intense. It's been immense, Friendy. Did you receive a lot of feedback about the TCM footballer of the year? Uh, it was a, it was a bit hit and miss. <laughs> they were probably more keen on the friendly top five, to be to be fair. But um, yeah, how did yeah. you go? No, I didn't. I didn't get a lick of uh, feedback from anyone <laughs> about it. But I was. You weren't watching, even though it was your team. But I was watching on the weekend, and I thought, gee, Jeremy McGovern, he could be the TCM Footballer of the Year yeah, candidate yeah, yeah. right now. Like he got absolutely battered. He just opened himself up for injury after injury. 
he's a solid player. We, he's all Australian when he's at his peak. He's not all Australian at the moment, but he's had a he's had a tough year, and he'd surely he'd have to be in the mix. He's the type of guy that we're looking for. Well, I, I was actually on reflection on this whole TCM Footy Player of the Year thing. Like, I reckon if we were to pick a coach too, you'd almost have to go with Adam Simpson. I mean, what that guy's been through in the last two years. He, is, he has had every injury you can name, and he's just rocked up to the media and just backed his team in. Uh, I think that's the heart and soul of what a common man should be like, where you back your team in. And I think Jeremy McGovern, like what you've said, he would just do anything to put team first. And I think yep. that's where the TCM mandate needs to be. Um, and, yeah, look, credit, credit to him. I, I might even watch this week. Just to see how the, the big fella goes. So, is it Adelaide? It is Adelaide. And Adelaide, oh, uh, see, Adelaide can't make Adelaide can't make finals now, can they? No, they they can't. I reckon we're a chance because uh, it's going to be farewelling three players and probably a coach. So, I reckon we'll get up for it. Look, yes. Well, he might not be able to join us today in person, but it doesn't mean that Forty hasn't been able to contribute to today's episode. It's, it's exciting, isn't it? Oh, mate. You know, he's, he's the gift that keeps on giving. And, um, you know, uh, tell us what, what's, what's happening now, Horse. So we've had a Forty's Diary contribution sent through. Come on. Come on. Yep. We'll roll the Forty's Diary intro and uh, then we'll rejoin. From his early years, Nicholas was a sports fan who liked to write. Whenever there was a major sporting event, Nick would pen his thoughts on the occasion in his trusty diary. Decades later, these diaries have been uncovered and the world now gets to hear the thoughts of a young sports prodigy. This is Forty's Diary. And he sent through a beauty for us today, but he's just sent through the, the diary. He hasn't actually sent through a recording of him speaking it. So I'm going to have to uh, do the speaking side of things. Is that okay, Friendy? He's gone a little old school. He's just sent in the uh, the email to you and uh, off we go. Yeah. Yep. There, there hasn't I'm, I'm, been I'm okay, much I'm okay explanation. With in fact, there's probably a picture, of the, a picture of the diary from the 90s and he's it's probably a photo. just sent the picture. Yeah. yeah that's it's, in his hand, it's in his handwriting. So I'm going to have to read around he's I, got he's, impeccable handwriting actually so he does. I'm and sure he even right did as a, as a 13 year old he, yeah, yeah. he appears to have as, as well so look i'm going to read away and then we'll uh we'll have a, a chat about what he's got to say in 40's diary july 18th 1994 dear diary it's your jolly old saint nick here just checking in as i feel it's been a while I've got a confession to make. I feel like I've cheated on someone. Well, something. My beloved AFL. It started innocently. I was just cruising the channels late on a Friday night and, <laughs> and found myself on SBS. It's not a station I would normally watch, but was drawn in by something I'd never really seen before. Well, here we go. A curved ball, or should I say, <laughs> round ball, as the popular people of our time like to call it. Yes, 
It was the soccer, the World Cup. Although I'm not sure how it could be considered such without representation from an Australian team. Anyways, before you know it, I've started watching every night. I felt a little ashamed yet enthralled at the same time. 90 minutes could go by with no goals, yet still I was always on the edge of my seat. I even found myself switching from the last quarter of a Footscray versus the Crows game to sneak a peek at the Brazilians in action. Man, they can kick a ball. I'll be honest, I don't think this will take off in Australia. I couldn't see a time where we'd sell out stadiums for a game of soccer. Aussie rules, you will always have my heart, but for a brief moment, I've been struck down with an illness, a fever, a World Cup fever. Yours in sport, Nicholas Ford. Compelling. It was compelling. Compelling. <laughs> Look, I've got to say, I almost lost it with, uh, it started innocently, innocently. I was just cruising the channels late on a Friday night and found myself on SBS. Yeah, I was getting worried. <laughs> I was, because uh, what can come on SBS late at night is, um, is yeah. not for 14 year olds, uh, horse. No. Or 13 year olds, whatever he was. And he was seeing Brazilians in action as well. So, <laughs> Uh, look, it is ironic how Forty always seems to find a diary entry that 20, 30 years down the track has some relevance <laughs> to current events. Um, he's very good. He's very good. He is very good. And thank you, Forty, for sending that in. That was that was brilliant. Yes. And it does make yes. us feel like you're still here today, uh, even though you, you're not with us. Not dead. Um just not literally with us in the room today while we're recording. That's right. That's right. Hey, I wanted to chat one more thing with you and it sort of ties in with 40 and his soccer and the thrill that he got from the soccer. Did you, did you end up watching the Matildas all the Matildas games? Yeah. Again, I, um, it took me a little while to catch the Matilda fever because, uh, I think when the Matildas was on, the Ashes were kind of still going. And, um, yep, like when they had first started. So I was really into the Ashes. And then we had that game against Canada and we beat them 4 0. I'm like, we're on here. We're a good team. Um, and then it was, it was actually Fordy's wife, Jen, who really got me excited for soccer because she would post these stories of Ford watching the Aussies. Mm. Mm. And he is, he is worth a view. Uh, because he was watching the game with his father Rex, and they were getting up and about for the uh, the France game. Yes, and um, Jeepers, what a wild ride that was! Oh well, that is that is actually where I wanted to land right now. That penalty shootout, yes, I was the most intense, most sick feeling watching that that I can remember in modern times. <laughs> save, save for obviously a couple of Geelong Grand Finals where things got a little bit close there. Oh um, nine, yeah, oh nine in particular. Yeah. I yeah. don't remember feeling that physically ill watching sport than than I had. It was just it's it's incredible that ninety minutes of football plus thirty minutes of extra time, yeah, and then it all just comes down to this. 
well, it's it's not a reflection of your whole team when it's just one person at a time having a pot shot at goals, is it? Well, it's, it's almost a, it's a brutal way to lose a semi final. Uh, no, what was it? Quarter final. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, the sphincter was tight. I won't lie. <laughs> I was I was uh, standing next to fellow common man listener um, Nathan Bosley, and we we're watching it, and uh, yeah, it was. It was nerve-wracking, to say the least. It was extremely nerve-wracking. I, I was standing as well. Like can't, You can't sit nah, nah, in those moments. I can't sit. I was pacing up and back around the back of the couch. I had the, the <laughs> I had like the nausea, pit of the stomach feeling happening. And I, oh, the I reckon the last, time I, the last time I felt this was the 05 and 06 Grand Finals, West Coast, Sydney. Yep. Um, that's probably the last. Oh, actually, no, 18 as well against Collingwood. Um, West Coast love to keep grannies close. And it's it's that feeling. It's that you feel sick, uh, but then it's the most – you can't explain oh, the feeling when your team wins, can you? That elation, that just raw. Oh, yeah, for yes. sure. That release of all that built-up tension and anxiety about what was going to happen and then um, bang yes yeah incredible yeah i i am at a loss can you think of any other times other than our respective yeah yeah football teams in grand finals like that like i'm trying to think if there was olympics if there was anything like that oh i reckon uh yeah i, I don't know like there's probably i remember the 2000 olympics when um, Ian Thorpe chased down the American in the 4x100 and we beat them for the first time in a long time. Like, I, I love my swimming, so I do get a little bit of that, but those races are so quick, it's not for too long. Um, I reckon for me, I, look, I love my bar. We love our basketball horse. I reckon yes, when, the boomers, for sure. when the boomers were playing at the last Olympics for the bronze medallion match, I was pretty nervous the whole game because um, I knew how much emotion was behind it. Yep. Um, and yep. when they got that game, oh yeah, I was pretty pretty nervous watching that. Um, but I don't know if it was as nervous as watching the penalty shootout. Like, no, I, I I don't think it was. I just feel like in that instance, there's always an another opportunity. You know, like you've got the shot yes. clock there. You know, you know where things are at. Whereas yes. this just just seemed like. Every every shot was so important. Everything was like a dagger. Mm. Every time we got up, like we had those two opportunities and I thought, that's it. We've lost it because we haven't taken those early opportunities and actually put the the nail in the coffin. I thought we've left the, the door ajar. I can't think of any other, um, other door-related analogies <laughs> to throw in there at the moment. But you know I, what I, I mean? Like... Like, yeah, I kind of love that soccer do this though. Like it, it, it does. Like no other sport. Oh, I'm, I'm probably lying. Like sport like water polo and handball probably do penalty shootouts. But, um, uh, like imagine if the NBA did this. Like it was a draw at the end of the game rather than OT, or maybe you do OT five minutes, five minutes, and if it's still OT, then they do yeah. a free throw shootout. You know, yeah. Like- yeah. Or <laughs> if the football did that, imagine a grand final decided by. Five guys lining up from fifty out directly in front from each, behind, yeah, 
yeah, <laughs> having pot shots, and that decides who takes home the premiership. I think uh, the the other thing is like, yeah, all of the other games, there's been scores, but it was a ze- it was zero all. <laughs> like yes. they hadn't even scored. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and then they're stepping up <laughs> to kick goals for the first time, two hours into the into the game almost. Well, yes, over two hours. Like it's just it's ridiculous. Oh, how anyway. was the one where the Aussie, Aussie goalie stopped it, but then stood over the line early, then had to do it again and stopped it again? I'm like, yes. what is actually happening right now? <laughs> yes. Now I'd heard that if Arnold had overstepped again, she would have got a yellow automatic yellow card for overstepping twice in a penalty. And she already had a yellow card from the previous game. So she would have been out for that semifinal oh, wow. as well, just to add an extra layer of tension to it. So incredible. Fun, hey, fun fact for you too. She wears yeah. a, a hearing aid. Yes. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I did know that. I didn't know that till after um, a couple of games in at least. Hey, we're almost actually at the end of today's episode. It's going to be a short and sharp one today. But yes, I, yes. I also wanted to introduce what we're going to do. Uh, our next episode that's going to come out is going to be the first episode yep. in, in our series, My Favourite Sporting Moment. Now, I've given mm. you the premise about this, haven't I, friend? Yes, yes. So, so basically, we are going to chat with friends of ours about one sporting moment, one thing in particular that they remember that shaped their sort of passion for sport. That's just that the one event that stands out in in their um, memory. And we just want to unpack it because I think at the end of the day, sport is a passion. Sport is something that we all enjoy and we all get involved in, but we, we all have different experiences and emotions yeah. and memories attached to it as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good horse. I think it's going to add an element to this uh, podcast that's going to, I don't know, take us from a thousand viewers to <laughs> to more. So we'll see. A thousand in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, you know, the call out there as well. If anyone has a sporting moment that they want to talk about and they want yeah. to relate with us, please reach out. We would love to hear from you. Uh, thanks for joining us on a two-man pod. It did feel a little bit unusual without Forty mm. here in the room with us. Miss you, Ford. Uh, we do miss you, Forty, and hopefully he hasn't experienced too much FOMO listening to all of this for the first time on uh, one of his morning walks or something like that. <laughs> for everyone else, thanks again for joining us. Hey, if you want to get involved, if you want to reach out, you can catch us on Instagram, the Common Man Podcast. You can email us all there in the show notes as well. Hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time. Horse will <laughs> manipulate this. So just be careful what you say right now. <laughs>